have a verse that we are going to keep coming back to. Look, we got to do a graphic with a brain. Isn't that cool? It's, a, it's not a cloud, it's a brain. Uh, we had, it's a brain cloud. Uh, so, <laughs> okay, so the brain is important. Let me tell you why. We're going to get to all this, but uh, this verse that we're going to keep coming back to is, I got my wrong notes up. Um, the verse we're going to keep coming back to is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I bet you know it by heart. Uh, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Here's one of the things I love about this verse. And we could just focus on one verse probably for a whole month and just keep getting revelation after revelation. Uh, but this is a past tense verse. God hath, if we didn't know hath, uh, that's the King James Version of God has. It's is a past tense verse. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us something, yes. a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, right? But as believers, as, as humans, do we always walk with a sound mind? Honestly, if we're all honest, probably not. Right? There's this little thing called worry. There's a little thing called fear. There's a little thing called a brain that lives somewhere between our born-again spirit and, and, and our flesh, which responds to things in the world. I'm going to get into that. But our brain is right here in the middle of it. And if we can figure out how to tap into that sound mind that's within our spirit, Paul also called it the mind of Christ. We'll talk about that, too. But there's a way we can live in this world with a sound mind at all times. And it's a better way to live than worrying at all times. Because let me tell you this, God works through faith. In the exact same way, the enemy works through fear. So as where faith operating in your life gives the Holy Spirit permission to do the things he needs to do, to, to go and, and access promises for us and get it pumping in our life, fear gives the enemy permission to come into your life. And what does he do? We know from John chapter 10, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What gives him permission to do that? Fear. What gives him permission to do that in your life? It only happens when you give him access to the authority God's given you. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve had absolute authority until they gave it away to the devil. But thank you, Jesus, that he came, lived for us, died for us, and took every bit of it back, broke every curse, took it to the grave, and then said, now I'm giving you a sound mind access it. One of my favorite New Testament verses, one of my favorite verses is in the New Testament. Paul says, as he quotes the Old Testament before Jesus, he says, who can know the mind of God? That's where the Old Testament verse stopped. If you look in your Bible, it's in quotes. Well, then Paul responds to the Old Testament verse and says, we can because we have the mind of Christ. Man, the mind of Christ is a sound mind. The mind of Christ says no to fear the second it's faced with fear. And we can get there. We can get there. This is the first thing I want to talk about, is that fear 
it's very actually important, I think, for us to get this. And I'm kind of hearing the Lord just tell me right now that I need to slow down so that I can kind of communicate this. Instead of quickly, maybe uh, I might just go a little bit slower and, and split this message down a bit into a couple weeks. Because I think this first truth is maybe a little bit more important than I was thinking even as I was preparing for this message. But that is this. Fear does not come from the inside of you. Sometimes we mistake fear as an emotion. We mistake fear as something that comes in and we need to get it under control. But no, fear is an outside attack. Fear comes from the outside. And when we experience it, we don't need to tell it, we don't need to, 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 to think of it as like just an emotion I have to deal with or it's just the way this happens. No, it's an outside attack. And listen, if you're in a war, if you're in a battle, and you knew you were about to be attacked, what would you do? You'd shore up your defenses. And you know what? If for some reason an attack gets through, what are you going to do? But you're going to counteract. You're going to go counterattack. And you're not just going to let them get away with it. Well, let me tell you, the war is over. Jesus won it. But there is still a battle that happens. And here's what Paul says about it in Ephesians 6, 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The battle is not against flesh and blood, or you could say it like this. The battle is not against whatever it is that fear is embodying. The battle is not against the embodiment of the fear. The battle is against that spirit of fear that's trying to come against you. It's from the outside coming in. So where do I get that from? Well, I want to tell you there's this great verse. It's a life verse, 2 Corinthians 5.23. Paul says, I pray that you do well spirit, soul, and body. And from this one verse, we get this great truth. Every human has a three parts to them. We are spirit, soul, and body. Just like God has three parts, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. As a human, we're made in His image, spirit, soul, and body. What do those parts entail? Well, our body is our body, right? Our soul, you can define that as your mind, your will, your emotions, and then our spirit. There's this third part of us that lives forever. And when that spirit becomes born again, man, we get to live forever in the presence of Jesus. And that's the greatest gift we've ever been given. That spirit that we've been given at salvation is 100% whole. It is wall-to-wall -wall Holy Spirit, and every promise of God is alive and active in your spirit. But we have this body that sometimes tells us another story than what our spirit's telling us. Sometimes our body says, hey, look, I'm sick. Sometimes our body says, uh, hey, look, this is how we're feeling today. And we have to, within our mind, decide to focus on what the word says about our born-again spirit instead of what our body is saying and what our body is responding to. And that's called renewing our mind to the word. That's found in the book of Romans. It is a truth that if we apply it to our life, we will begin to operate in so much victory. It'll be more victory than we've ever found uh, on purpose. It'll just begin to happen on accident even. I accidentally was victorious today. I didn't even realize it, but you know, I woke up sore and within a few minutes I started remembering that the word says, by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed. And all of a sudden my mind uh, came into alignment with my spirit and my body lined up. Yes. That happens. That's a real thing. But let me tell you what is not a part of your born-again spirit, any fear whatsoever. 
because your spirit has a sound mind. And now let's talk about your brain. We're not born with fear. We have to learn fear, right? I've never seen a baby uh, born and afraid. I've never seen a kid that's never seen a bumblebee scared of a bumblebee. But you tell it, oh, that can hurt you. Get away from it. That could sting you or you get stung. All of a sudden, I'm afraid of a bumblebee. I wasn't afraid of the Candyman until my friend told me about these Candyman movies recently. And I was like, well, now there's a Candyman out there that's going to come and whatever. I've never seen that movie. But listen, when you let fear in, all of a sudden you're going to be afraid of something you didn't even know you need to be afraid of it. Right? That's kind of a joke, but in real life, I did watch one horror movie. When I was seven years old, I watched some goofy horror movie, and I'm telling you, I don't think I slept in my own bed for two or three years after that. <laughs> I slept anywhere besides my bed. I slept on my sister's floor in a sleeping bag. I slept on my parents' floor in a sleeping bag. My mom will tell you stories about this. It was a pretty hard time in her life, right? <laughs> I felt bad for her. But here's some parenting advice. This is not part of the message, but I remember the night I got over it. Uh, I was sitting in my room crying, worried that, that uh, something was going to happen or that some monster was going to come into my room. And I got to be honest, I was 12 years old. This was the first time, this is the last time I remember being afraid uh, in my life of something like this, of, of like weird horror movie type stuff, ghost stories, things like that. But my mom was sitting beside my bed as I was crying that night. She prayed with me like always. We sang a worship song, and then uh, I was still afraid. And she looked at me and she goes, I can't help you. She said, I can't help you. You're going to have to get a word from the Lord. You just have to get a word from God on your own and he'll, he'll help you get over this. And she walked out of my room and I thought, how dare you leave me in the middle of my fear? But that was the best thing she could have done because I prayed on my own and God gave me a vision. I can still see it. I can close my eyes and still experience this vision like I'm there and, and I can still feel the way the wind kind of feels in this, this vision I had. And, and the fear just absolutely left and it never was able to come back. But my mom did me a big favor when she said, you have to get a word from the Lord on your own. I can't help you anymore. That was good. I bet it was hard for her too. I mean, I, I imagine that as a father. That'd be a hard thing for me to say to my kids, but there's going to come a day when I got to tell them, man, you got to get a word. Not from me, from the Lord. Little off track, but I know somebody needed to hear that. Actually, it wasn't off track. It just wasn't in my notes. So I know somebody needed to hear that. But you have to learn fear even within your own mind, right? I mean, every kid thinks after they see a superhero movie they can put a cape on and jump off whatever building and fly around until they realize they can't. And it hurt when they jumped off the couch. That's what Judah learned when he did the flying elbow drop off of the couch onto our floor and he realized that didn't feel good. He was afraid of falling for a little while, right? So we even have to learn fear within our own mind. It does not come from within. Fear is what the world offers. The same way God gives us a sound mind, the world says, oh, wait a minute, I have a gift for you too. It's called fear. And then we have a choice. We have this gift of fear, not the Bible, we have this gift of fear being offered to us <laughs> by the world everywhere we go. But yeah, this is way more appropriate. We have this gift of fear the world's trying to offer us. And the world's saying, or, or the devil himself is saying, just receive it. Just receive it. And then sometimes we, we learn this lie. Oh, the fear will actually protect you. If you worry about it and you don't get your hopes up, you won't be disappointed when things don't go your way. If you just choose to worry about it, you'll be prepared for the worst outcome. 
man, these are lies that the world offers us to say, listen, it's a good gift I'm giving you. It's a great gift I'm giving you. But then we have this gift that the Lord deposited within our spirit, and he says, I'm giving you a sound mind. You have a choice. Choose what you want to operate out of, the sound mind or the spirit of fear. That's pretty good. And it's important to, to, to think of it that way. Because when we believe that fear is just an emotion or a part of our life, we'll accept it. We'll receive it. And sometimes it's even just a little bit. Sometimes it's even just a little bit of fear we receive. But man, I don't want to give the enemy even a little bit of hold in my life. Taylor had a good word this morning. Taylor Gunn, he was playing guitar today. We had some prayer time before service. And uh, he took his hat off. And he said, yeah, so I got this tag in my hat. And I was like, we're not talking about your hat right now, Taylor. We're praying, right? And he says, uh, I've worn this hat for a couple years. And I really like this hat. But I always pull tags out of my clothes. I don't like the way they feel. I just took my hat off and found this little tag in here that's, that's been annoying me, whatever, for two years. I didn't even know it. He goes, so look, I just ripped the tag out. He's like, and isn't that kind of the way fear works sometimes? We just let a little worry in and we think, well, that's just normal. That's just natural. It's just a little bit of fear. But when we give the enemy even an inch, he's not going to be satisfied with that. Just like the Lord's not satisfied with a piece of you, God wants every part of you. The enemy's not satisfied with a piece of you. He's not satisfied with just getting you into a little bit of fear, worrying about of a virus just a little bit, worrying about a war just a little bit, worrying about that. It's not that we shouldn't know about stuff. We got to be informed so we can pray in power and declare the word. But we can be informed without letting worry in even whatsoever. Man, worry and fear is giving the enemy permission to have a place in your mind that God says you don't have to. That can be a very sound place. That can be a place where you experience victory every day and not worry every day. When you lay down at night, you can sleep in peace, going to sleep excited about the things I'm calling you to instead of losing sleep, worrying about all the things going on around you. And we hear about it all through the word. Even in the Old Testament, we read, who can add anything? Who can add a moment to his life through worry? So when we realize and remind ourselves of the truth that we have authority through Jesus over every spirit, over every power, over every principality, over every weapon that will ever be formed against us. When we remember that and counterattack that fear with the truth of who we are in the spirit, that fear that you're being attacked with has no choice, but James 4, 7 says it, it will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil. You could say fear right there. Resist whatever the devil is offering you. Resist the fear. Resist the, the stealing. Resist the, the killing. Resist the destruction that he's offering. And he will flee. He has no other choice. It's the word. It's the word of God. So what about when I'm being attacked 
with sickness and disease. Well, let's remember our authority and the promise. 1 Peter 2.24, by stripes we are healed. Psalm 91, from start to finish, no disease or virus can come into my dwelling place. Matthew 10, we have authority over sickness, over disease. That doesn't come, if I don't, for a born-again person, yes, sometimes our bodies begin to react to, to sicknesses and we experience it, but let's stand on the word and instead of giving in and saying, well, I guess I'm just sick. Man, change our language. And, and even Lisa was just, my wife Lisa, uh, just a few weeks ago, was, was not feeling super great, which is really rare for both, e either one of us. And she said she was, uh, I think she might have talked about this when she was preaching a couple weeks ago, but her, her nose was runny, she, her head was stuffy, it felt like a sinus thing, and she said she was in the car, and she just started declaring the word, and she's like, I don't even believe in this. Even like, as she's sneezing, as she's feeling bad, I don't even believe in this. And, and she said it was a commercial that did it for her. It was a, it's a flu season commercial that made her mad enough just to like stand up and say, no, I don't care if it's flu season. I don't care if my body is telling me I got sinus stuff right now. I'm not gonna give in to this. And you know what? It was within a day or so, uh, within, 20, within the next 24 hours, she was completely recovered. And you know what? You might be saying, well, she'd recover anyway. Well, whatever. She's healed and she experienced healing. But so many times we are believing what our body is telling us over what the word tells us. And you say, well, I got signs in my body. My body is telling me I'm not healed. Well, the word is telling you you are. And sometimes we just got to choose to believe something we aren't experiencing. And it doesn't make you a hypocrite. It makes you, uh, it makes you a believer who's standing on the word. When anything is formed against you, any weapon, we can declare the truth. Isaiah 54, 17, by his stripes. Or, I'm sorry, no weapon formed against us will prosper. Mark 16, 18, no deadly thing can harm you. These are, first of all, if we put this word in our heart and our mind, it is shoring up, building the wall of defenses within us so that when we are attacked by fear or anything else, we got these strong walls within our mind. And we say, oop, I'm feeling a little symptom here. Instead of giving into it, I'm going to declare the word. Right? And then when something does get in, when something maybe gets past the walls of defenses, these same verses become our counterattack. They become what we counterattack, the lies of the world, the fear, whatever it is with. Because remember, we're not fighting even the sickness or the disease. That's found within our body, our flesh and blood. And the word says we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against the spirit. We're fighting against the powers, the principalities that even allowed that in. That's where the battle is, and we've been given the victory. We just have to access it. I'm not trying to tell you I'm perfect. Lisa, we're not trying to say that we're, we're all the way there, but we're on our way, and you're on your way. We're going together, right? I, I'm, I'm not going to even stand up here, though, and act like everything is all rainbows and butterflies all the time either. Like you guys that have been with us here at Freedom for over five and a half years, remember Five and a half years ago in July, or almost six years ago now, my dad, who was the pastor of our church here, suddenly passed away. A heart issue that we weren't expecting, and he died. And he believed this, and we believe it, and we still believe it as a church. And I'm going to tell you the first thing I said to our church, some of you were here that day. But I want to remind you, and I want to tell everybody that wasn't here, the first thing I said to our church as I stepped into the role of lead pastor is my dad died and I don't believe he was supposed to. Yeah. 
That wasn't the will of the Lord. That was a sickness, it was a disease, and for whatever reason, he died. But it doesn't mean the word isn't and wasn't true. And I said that that day. And then I asked the rhetorical question that I ended up answering. I said, well, then why did it happen? Here's my answer. I don't know. Amen. I don't know. I don't know why he died. But I know the word says by the stripes of Jesus, he was healed. That's right. I know that. Is it easy to declare that and to believe that when we don't see it? I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that's easy either. Because your flesh doesn't want to say it. Your flesh doesn't want to see that. But we are not just flesh. We are not just what we see, and our experiences that we experience are not always what the Word says. There's an enemy out here. There's a world out here. And you know what? If the rapture doesn't come while we're here, we're all going to die eventually. But even in that physical death, we have the victory of getting to be forever in the presence of Jesus. And man, that's good news. That is such good news. But I'm telling you, even when we don't see what the word says in the moment, it doesn't mean it's not true. God didn't mess something up when he said, by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. Jesus didn't miss one of us as he was taking the stripes on his back and winning our healing. He didn't heal everybody but one or two people. It was for all of us. We have to choose to believe that word over anything else we are currently seeing or anything we see. I want to say this again. As a believer, even when it looks like we lost, we don't lose. Even as my dad took his last breath six years ago here on the earth, it felt like we lost. And we did lose him being around us for a little while, but we get to be with him again. And he actually stepped into more victory that day than he'd ever stepped into before. But it doesn't mean the next time somebody comes in here with the same heart problem, we're not going to lay hands on them, declare the word, and expect 100% to see a healing. And you know what? We just don't have to figure everything out. I promise you, I will never be your pastor that stands in front of you and says, I have it all figured out. Just listen to me. Just do everything I say. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm telling you right now. I don't, and I don't think any of us ever will while we're here. I'm okay saying, I don't know why it happened. But I still know the word says, by the stripes of Jesus, he was healed. And also, I'll tell you when we'll see more victory than ever over fear, over sickness, over disease, over any weapon formed against us. And that is when we give up trying to fight the physical things that are coming against us. And we begin to declare our victory over the spiritual principles behind what's happening. That's true. That, that, that's what I'm talking about. Like we, we spend so much time fighting whatever it is coming against us, and we just need to look at it with spiritual eyes. And uh, probably nine times out of ten, it's trying to attack through fear, but we've been given the gift of a sound mind when we choose to operate in it. And it is a choice. David 
did not defeat Goliath when the rock hit Goliath's head. That's not when the victory happened. The victory happened when he overheard a 10-foot-tall Philistine mocking God and telling the people of God they have no chance against him. And his mind said, wait, you said what? This guy's saying what? He walked around dumbfounded that nobody else in the army had stepped up to this guy and taken him out. He said, who's going to go take this guy out? He doesn't have our promises. They said, yeah, but David, he's big. That is when David won that fight against Goliath. The second he heard the taunts and said, who are you talking to? That giant didn't stand any chance against David the second he responded with the word. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not experience victory over the fiery furnace when they stepped out unburned and the smell of smoke wasn't even on them. When the king said, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace, they said, do it. God will save us. And even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down to you. That's when they got the victory over the flames. Daniel didn't get victory over the lions when he walked out of the lion's den the next day. He got victory over those lions as he spent moments and hours on his knees every day encountering the Lord through prayer, through worship. Man, we got to get this truth. And you know what? You got something none of those guys have. You got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you because Jesus came, died for you, forgave you of your sins, resurrected. And now the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Those guys would kill to have what you had. They would love it. In fact, they prophesied about it and was, were longing to see it with their own eyes. But we have it. You have it. You and I can experience more victory because of Jesus than any of those guys ever did. Man, that's powerful. That's so powerful. This is the moment when you get victory over all the fears that are going to try and come against you today, tomorrow, and the next day. This is the moment you can decide, from this point, I'm choosing the sound mind over that fear. It does, this is it. This is it for you, and that's exciting. That's exciting to me. There's going to be a moment at some point in your life, maybe even before this day is over, when you are faced with the chance to receive the world's free gift of fear. But in that moment, respond with what the Word says. And if you don't know what the Word says just in the moment, I promise you, you have a Bible. If you have Google, you have a Bible. Even if you don't have a physical Bible, Google scriptures, whatever. But come against that fear when you feel it coming against you. Don't let it in. It has no place or right in your life. Don't give it that place. Don't give it that right. I love that uh, when Paul wrote this verse to Timothy, which will... I'll remind you of it here. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. 
I mean, the context of this verse, Paul, Timothy were believers living in a time period when the emperor loved nothing more than to gather Christians, as many as he could find, and play a game with them where he threw them in a pit and let hungry lions tear them apart. This was the reality that Paul and Timothy were facing. If they were captured, if they were, if, if they were captured, they would have been put in this arena as the people gathered around and watched them being torn apart because of their faith, physically torn apart. And I love that Paul didn't say, Timothy, don't forget you're fighting against lions and an emperor who would like nothing more than to see you killed. He said, you're fighting against powers and principalities. Remember that. Because you have every bit of authority over those powers and principalities. So many times we like to make our enemy, we like to, to, to make the thing we're afraid of something physical, but don't do it. Don't do it because there's something behind it. And you want to find the victory over the physical thing, it starts with remembering and declaring the victory that you have in the spirit, that you have power, love, and a sound mind. And really all we've talked about right now is the sound mind. There's power and love is a Another really big part of this that we're going to get into. But you've got some good stuff in your spirit. Fear is not one of them. Fear is not it. Same way the Lord offered us and gave us a sound mind and victory over fear. The world says, no, no, take my gift, it's better. It's not. It's not. It's the same old trick. It's the same old trick. The snake said, did God give you all these? You know, did God say you can't eat this fruit? Yes. That's what he said. He said we can't even touch it. There was a million other trees they could have eaten from. But what he was offering was not as good as what God offered, right? God said, no, have everything but that. He says, no, have that. It's crazy. They give up everything for one little thing. We do it sometimes too. We give up a lifetime of a sound mind to let just a little fear in and to give a little place to the enemy. Let's make a change today. Let's make a change. Start with that scripture. If you don't know, if you don't know 2 Timothy 1.7, today you know it. Just remember it, declare it, speak it over your life, speak it into your family's life. Don't let fear in. If fear is an attack from the outside. Resist it. Resist the devil. Submit to God. He will flee from you every time. Amen? Amen. That's good, right? Amen. Let's all stand together. You know, because as the band comes back up, I mean, this means that it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't ma you don't have to get into worry or fear no matter what's happening. No matter what. If times are good, you have a sound mind, and you're declaring the promises of the Lord, and you're walking in victory. And if things around you aren't great, you're still walking in a sound mind, declaring the promises of the Lord and experiencing victory. It is a really good way to live. It's a really good way to live, and you know what? I'm my family, we're on our way. Let's go on this journey together. Wherever you're at, let's keep moving forward together and celebrate as we experience victory over the things that one time caused us to worry and get into panic mode. Man, I want to hear testimonies during this series. I, I, let's talk about it. Man, if over these next few weeks you experience victory over a, a fear that you usually uh, in the past have let come have reign in your life, 
Tell me about it. Tell somebody on our leadership team about it. And let's declare that victory together because we overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of our lamb. Let's do some testimonies. Let's talk about resisting fear. Talk about the victory and declare it and celebrate together. That'll be good, right? Amen. Let's do that. Hey, this is just part one. We're going to get into uh, some other stuff next week that I'm really excited about. So, man, keep on, keep on coming around. I think we can make some big changes in our lives over these next few weeks. Thank you, Lord. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the truth that no weapon formed against us will prosper. That no kingdom raised against us will stand. Thank you that you have given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. When we reject the spirit of fear, every chance we get, we will reject the spirit of fear, including right now, we just say no. No more to the spirit of fear that we have victory over. You have no place in our life. You have no place. We've been given victory. We've been given authority. We declare it right now. We remember that. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hey, let's respond to what the Lord's saying here for a few moments by once again turning our attention towards Him, getting it off of anything else that's coming around or trying to face us. Let's just put our attention on him for a few more moments here before we close.